Hey listeners, this is Sarah Ashley. Assuming you have good taste and you like what you're listening to, then I would suggest that you go on over and subscribe to Nerds on History. You can join Brian and Eric weekly as they discuss all sorts of historical goodies, like the fact that Louis XIV was actually a woman, and that Greece never existed. Okay, that may not be true. This is why I'm on Nerds on Film. Subscribe to Nerds on History! Nerds on Film with Sarah Ashley, Kevin Satorius, Brian Moriarty, and Sean Moriarty. So, question for today. SNL actors, you know, obviously... And actresses. And actresses. That, that was just kind of using that as a long gender-neutral statement. Lots of people don't, so that's why I wanted to specify. SNL persons. Peoples. SNL alumni. Yes. Um, have gone and made actually pretty decent strides in movies and such. So who do we think is probably the most successful of SNL mm. alumni? Oh, that's a good one. Of their entire span. Their so entire do they span. have to be actors? Or are we talking about successful as somebody who produces things that are bigger than thing, other things that people have acted in? Well, the, let's just say SNL alumni. Including, yeah, writers and yeah. stuff. Because, um, I mean, like, arguably... You got Dan Aykroyd, yep. Steve Martin, yep. Chevy Chase. They yep. all had significant mainstream success that's lasted a very long time. Yep. So there's even that. John Belushi, uh, Beyond the Grave. Mm-hmm. Still, a lot of is still he's brought up a lot in terms of like one of the best comedians and one of the best things to come out of SNL. Um, I'd say for right now, though, today I'd say it's got to be Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was on SNL? <laughs> he was a guest. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was on SNL for the one year. They did a one year that had him and uh, it had Anthony Michael Hall. What? Oh, that's and had, right. And then they fired the entire cast after that one year. I can't remember everybody that was in it, but I remember it was the year that it was Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. And that's the year after that's when they started piecing together like the John Lovitz, Phil Hartman, uh, Dana Carvey cast. Actually, I'm not sure if Dana Carvey joined immediately, but... Yeah, but yeah, they the, were awful. They were very critically panned. Uh, so this must have been like what between the eighties and the nineties then. It was in the eighties. I think it was like eighty-seven. Okay, eighty-seven was the year. Eighty-six. I can't remember. Okay, that's Let interesting. Me go look. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay, so there's that uh, mainstream success now. Um, Will Ferrell. Yep. Obviously, yep. is huge. Yep. Uh, Adam Sandler, even if he's still making Grown Ups too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's womp, still womp. big. Womp womp. I, I find it hilarious that he did the movie Funny People, which is more or less a commentary on his career, yet he still continues to make movies like Grown Ups 2. Funny People was really good. I thought that was pretty underrated. I thought it was only okay. Well, I thought it was, like most Judd Apatow movies, 25 minutes too, too long. long. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. Actually, and the ambiguous ending kind of bugged me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was I was kind of like, mm, maybe. Maybe not. Um, there's this awesome podcast called By the Way that's hosted by Jeff Garland, and he's like friends with literally everyone in the industry in terms of the entertainment. And I listened to the one where he uh, interviews Judd Apatow, and Judd Apatow, uh, in so many words, loves long movies. He feels that if you're going to spend the time that he wants to make this a long experience because he hates how short 90-minute movies are, he feels like the time is wasted. So that would explain why I guess his movies are like, you know, two hours long, longer hmm. than two hours. I think he it They're was usually like two and a half hours. Right. Uh, I think it was he said it was either the four year old virgin or knocked up was actually two hours and 
30 or two hours and 47 minutes on the first cut and had to trim it down. And then Universal wanted it to be under two hours, and he said fine, and then realized how much 10 minutes made a difference and added that back. Very interesting. Um, I also want to put out there uh, Donald Glover was one of the main writers for uh, SNL, Mm -hmm. as well as 30 Rock, and Mm -hmm. I think he's making a really good... uh, jump into the, uh, I guess, the entertainment industry. Absolutely. Um, Kristen Wiig and Tina Fey yep. and Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler absolutely. Um, are all doing really, really well for themselves right now. Oh, Tina yeah. Fey especially, um, you know, when she started at SNL, she started off as a writer and then was making her way slowly on screen. Um, and she didn't actually have any characters or anything like super duper like major standout roles That's right. while she was on SNL until she left and then came back and did Sarah Palin. Um, I, I just want to put this out there. Fred Armisen, I think he's still there uh, on SNL, but yeah. um, I love seeing actually him. he left last year was his last year. Him his and last Bill Hader. Ah, uh, uh, Bill Hader. That that's a bummer. But yeah, him and Bill Hader and somebody else. I think it was three of them all. Left. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. And, no, 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 not this last year. Andy Samberg left a few years ago. Uh-huh. Two, two or three years ago. Yeah. This past year, because remember, two years ago they did the Kristen Wiig like dancing finale thing. Oh yeah. Right, but the, and then this one it was Bill Hader, Fred Armisen. And somebody else, maybe it was Jason Sudeikis. Yep, they were oh, all yeah. doing this band thing where they were pretending no, no, no. to be a band, and that was their big send off. Jason Sudeikis just announced that this was his last season. Oh, so okay. Jason Sudeikis is still here. Who was it? Go, Google, go, <laughs> go, go, go. We all have internets. Speaking of Stefan, uh, my older brother Brian, uh, yes, his name is Brian as well. Uh, <laughs> he actually told me this fun little story about uh, the character Stefan. That um, every time that he was on the Weekend Update and Bill Hader would do it, one of the uh, I think it was he was the main writer for the character. His name's uh, he's a comedian named John Milani. Um, would write Mulaney? Mulaney or Mulaney? Yeah, he's awesome. He is. Um, I actually listened to some of his stand-up, and he's just he deadpans like a mm-hmm. motherfucker. You, it's great. Oh my god! And really have you good. heard the bit about playing um, what's new, Pussycat? Over yes. and over and over, yes. and over again. Yes. I, I, oh, I love that. I bit. cried a little bit when I heard that. I laughed so hard. <laughs> um, but my, uh, but Brian found out that uh, for every Stefan moment in uh, every time he showed up on SNL, he would change like the last five cards. Yeah. Uh, so Bill Hader, every time he would break, he would try not to break character, and it just now knowing that and seeing so many of those sketches, it makes sense. Yeah, and not knowing what the what it was, what was that on I was going to say, yeah. like all that weird string of shit that was going mm-hmm. on at those random clubs. Yeah, <laughs> that's so great. Oh, that's so brilliant. New York's hottest club is Spice. <laughs> so I looked it up on Google, and Seth Meyers is going to be leaving oh, that's right. soon because he's doing his late night talk show in January. That's oh. right. Yeah, taking over for Jimmy Fallon, who's taking over for Jay Leno. Oh shit! Yeah, Everybody's or something along those lines. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon. That is somebody who. Jimmy got, Fallon. He got better after yes. leaving SNL. Yes. Uh, yes. My favorite Jimmy Fallon moment was the Debbie Downer with Lindsay Lohan when they were sitting around the table at Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, he could not hold it together. And it was so funny because you would think he'd get it. He kind of does the whole game face. I can do this without being too obvious. And then as soon as... Uh, Oh, God, what do you mean without being too obvious? Without Jimmy being Fallon too was obvious. Jimmy right. Fallon was one of the most obvious ones to break. No, what, what I'm saying is, all right. So for our listeners who cannot see our visual gags, um, when people put their hand in front of their face and just bring it down to get like get in the zone or just you know game face, he did not do that well, during that sketch. He did something close to it, from what I remember. But um, who was the actress that played Debbie Downer? Uh, that was Rachel, Rachel Dratch. Dratch. Thank you, yes. Right as soon as she started talking, almost every time, he, you would just see him just, like, shaking because he could not stop, like, you know, laughing. It was just... 
That's my favorite memory of him. But now, I got to tell you, on his talk show, he's awesome. Yeah, he's really, really he good. He gets like yeah. some of the best guests. And uh, the fact that he has uh, Questlove and his team as a, his artists are just the brilliant. Roots. The yeah. Roots. Thank you. Thank you. I was blanking on their name. For example, they did uh, Blurred Lines with preschool instruments. They did that with uh, Call Me Maybe earlier. Oh, they did? Yeah. The oh, Call Me Maybe yeah. one was awesome. And I, well, I don't like the song Blurred Lines for all the date rapey reasons, so I... Oh, <laughs> God. Now that you mention it, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, when Call Me Maybe uh, came out, it was shortly after they did the kindergarten version. Um, he invited Stephen Colbert on, and then mm. he did it, too, and that was, oh, God, yeah. it was so funny. That is really cool. Yeah. Good good for you, Jimmy Fallon. Keep mm-hmm. going, Sean. Good on you. Good on you, mate. <laughs> Except I still hate you for Fever Pitch and oh, Taxi with Queen Latifah. Taxi is not that bad. Fever we Pitch, will never forget. I, Fever I, Pitch is not good. <laughs> I didn't see Taxi. I didn't even know Taxi it existed. Taxi was not... No. Jimmy Fallon was horrible in Taxi. He's great as a talk show host and when he's doing comedy, like musical comedy, when he does songs... Yeah. On his show, he's really funny. Like but. with Obama slow jamming the news. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was another good Jimmy Fallon moment. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so I guess to wrap up this question, I would say now this day and age, living or dead, I think Will Ferrell is probably the most successful because of all of the gigs that he's had in terms of TV show guest spots and movies, and then movie cameos, and then he's also doing some writing as well. You know, no, I would I would actually probably argue Steve Martin. I think he's been probably the most versatile. Versatile. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I would mm. so I would say Steve Martin in this case for me personally. And also I mean it's a little unfair that they've had the longevity to kind of demonstrate True. that. But I would say of the recent years, then yeah, definitely yeah. Will Ferrell. Okay. Sean. I'm going to say that uh, Jane Curtin was the most successful <laughs> okay. of all. I'm from, kidding. From Third Rock from the Sun. And, and, yeah, <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun is in syndication. If you can if flip the channels, you'll find Third Rock from the Sun a couple times a day. Uh, How come that lot, isn't on kidding. Netflix? I, there's, no. It's not like Seinfeld where every channel is showing yep, it that's for twice sure. a day. Yeah. yeah. Or Scrubs. But I love Scrubs. Or How I Met Your Mother now. Or Yeah, that's right, because yeah. they just recently hit syndication. Big so. Bang Theory is on TBS, too. Yeah. Uh, I feel uh, like they're showing it half the day. Uh, Do you remember when TBS SNL used to be on syndication? Or at least it was, uh, they were playing it on... Yeah, but, it was yeah. The, but the thing was, they always cut out they cut, half of it, because they only had an hour time slot. Yeah, right. but then they hour also cut slot. out all the long-ass commercials, mm-hmm. all the that's commercial true. breaks, which drive me that's crazy. Yeah. Well, they had to have time to set up new sets and I everything. I understand, but I gotta tell you, that's part of the reason why I stopped watching SNL, is because I really hate commercials and it was before i had a dvr so i guess i have no excuse now but (laughs) all right fine i I would say that's a valid excuse so with that welcome to nerds on film i'm sarah ashley i am kevin satorius i'm sean moriarty brian uh he is unfortunately not unable to join us because he is busy uh lay mizzing it up (laughs) that sounded better in my head i apologize (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking the same thing though i was like he's He's all lay mizzed out. Yep, yep. I just doubted myself as yep. I was saying. Lay miserating. Lay m- hey Brian, what are you doing? I'm mizzing. <laughs> what are you it talking up. about? Just mizzing, yo. I'm lessing it. Mizzing it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like lay miserating. Lay miserating. Because he's making me lay miserable. <laughs> okay, let's. So we all agree. <laughs> Um, so yeah, unfortunately Brian cannot join us, but he should be back very soon uh, as production is wrapping up and performances are coming out soon. Really you know what I would pay to money that. to see? What? Is Les Miserable Me, and it's all of the little the minions, minions from Despicable <gasps> Me oh that do an entire 
full Les Mis, like all three hours. Oh, oh Patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> all right, so you, you just opened Pandora's box here because <laughs> I want to see the minions do uh, Princess Bride. All the minions just do Princess oh, Bride. Oh, wait, what about the minions doing Requiem for a Dream? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, hey, oh, banana, 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 banana. If oh, we just no. ruined Despicable Me for you, I, I don't oh, apologize. No. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Slowly panning out of a minion with his arm cut off in the hospital. <laughs> <while> I <was> crying. <laughs> or, all right, so if we're going dark, uh, minion's doing seven. Banana, what's in the box? Banana, banana. Happy to bath, happy to bath. So if you guys couldn't tell from our opening question, tonight's topic is movies based on SNL content. Swing! <laughs> Reference, yay! Yeah. We have our Covathier here, which is definitely <laughs> necessary for every recording session. Can you do the rest of the episode in that voice pretty please? Yes, I can be Leon Phelps as much as possible. <laughs> yes! So I gotta know, where does your accent come from? It's so exotic. Yes, that comes from uh, just years of being smooth. <laughs> Please say it. Please and say getting it. ladies all into my pants area. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say, yeah, this kind of developed from all the years of the sweet pussy licking that I've done. That's what I, oh, man. I was thinking of saying that right after you were done. I was like, if you're not going there, I'm going to. Uh, yes, know my lisp is like this because I have eaten much too much pink taco. <laughs> <laughs> I once oh had my, my jaw wired shut for nearly three weeks. <laughs> oh, I can't do Leon the whole time. No, you but can't. He'll come back he'll come intermittently. Back. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, but the first one, the first, I believe, to SNL-based movie to come out was Blues Brothers. Correct. The first and the best. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I would yeah. say so. Mm -hmm. It started out on such a high note. It really did. It really did. It did. But the weird thing is, it started out on such a high note, and then it was it twelve years until they did another That's right. movie based on SNL content, which was yep. Wayne's World. Yeah. That's right. Well, the funny thing is, um, I actually uh, I wanted to dig up some of the information surrounding all the SNL movies because I'm a nerd like that. And sure <laughs> enough, guess which of the SNL movies was the most financially successful? Blues Brothers. Yep. Do you want to know how much? Sure. 115,229,890 worldwide. Mm -hmm. And that was in 1980, by the way. Wow. Do you want to know the budget of that movie? $2? Very close. $27 million. $20 million of that is all based on the car chase. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. The largest car chase. Of well, it was the largest... Like the most cars crashed in a movie until the Blues Brothers 2000, like deliberately one up it, and I think they yeah. literally beat it by one car too, yeah. which is yeah. pretty funny. Um, oh I love God. that car chase, and I love the music that they put into. Absolutely, it was well, such a great show. Yeah. If anything, Blues Brothers just wins for soundtrack. Holy crap! The episode that we had on, you know, movie soundtracks, I we know, didn't bring up. We Blues didn't Brothers. even bring that what up. What is wrong with us? It's, <laughs> you know what? Because we can't remember everything. everything. We've all seen so much. We <laughs> try to. So we, abs hard. we absorb everything. Gosh, we do. It's really tough. Um, yes, one of the best movie soundtracks ever, and some of the best musical numbers too. Yeah, my favorite is the one with uh, Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles. Oh hell yeah! Yes, you gotta think, think. Mm. Mm. Just I love that. It, it, it get, got like, me up and danced I like a that little bit. Kevin actually needed to sing it. Oh shit! Hold on, <laughs> I, I may have made a flub. The next movie actually grossed more than B Blues Brothers, but. Wayne's World. Yep. Mm. Yeah, the but next it one. But more. What about adjusted for inflation? 
Um, those numbers I could not find as of now. I'm probably going to look that up when I get home. But Wayne's World actually cost $20 million to make versus Blues Brothers, which was 27 Oh, so you were just talking about most successful based on profit. Yeah, exactly, revenue, yeah. Okay. Also, I think Blues Brothers was the most critically acclaimed out of all of them as well. Definitely. Yeah, I think, again, Wayne's World comes close, close second. second. But yeah, I, I got to tell you, as much as I wish John Belushi did not, like, you know, snort his way to death... Uh, I think he actually went out on a high note with this movie. <laughs> if that's too dark, then I apologize. Well, no, but, but it's it's sort of true. But then again, you know, we could never anticipate what what would have happened had he continued. Same thing. Very with, true. Um, you know, John Candy and Chris Farley. Yep. So Chris but. Farley, who died at the exact same age, the exact same way, as if fulfilling some sort of morbid prophecy. <laughs> yeah. And especially considering that John Belushi was like his inspiration. Yeah, I know. It's kind of creepy. It's weird. Yeah. So clearly, Blues Brothers is awesome. Clearly and utterly. Yes. And I, we all love the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And Wayne's World was fantastic. But then after that, it slowly starts to go downhill. It, it drops. <laughs> so it I, does drop. And I've been slowly. To, <laughs> I feel like it's a wheelbarrow full of dynamite with just, weights attached to the front of it. it and that Wiley one. Coyote strapped on top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a sign that says, help! <laughs> well, and and I, I think we can talk about why maybe that is a little bit later. So let's yes. what came out after Wayne's World. Yes, so let's talk about Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time, excellent. <laughs> I, I wanted to have my Wayne's World moment. Okay. I don't get to have that that much. Okay. Go on. You I have it every day, Kevin. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's how he wakes up in the morning. Rock yes. on. <laughs> I walk up to my roommates and I just go, I don't even own a gun, let alone a meth gun that can necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> Why would I want a gun rack? <laughs> I love how he pronounces a gun. A, a, a gun. A gun. I, I do, uh, no, I quite literally do that. I'm like, I don't even have a blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, what? Like, okay. You that movie still permeates all of our lives. That's, I mean, the movie is pretty old, but we all still quote it daily because mm -hmm. there's so many different things in life you can use it for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if you play street hockey. <laughs> Car! <laughs> Game on! Game, Game on! on. Yeah, we used to say that all the time playing street hockey as children. Yeah. Because we would set up the net in the middle of the street because we saw it in Wade's World. We could have easily just done it in our driveway, but we set ours in the middle of the street. On purpose. Oh. Yeah, or every to this day, every time I see like a, a chick I know that's like a psycho walking by, me and a couple other guys would go, psycho hose beast. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid eye contact. <laughs> um, holy shit, I, I forgot about that scene where they're in the street playing street hockey. Uh, Garth totally puts his Ray-Ban glasses on top of his mask. Yeah. That's yes. so dorky. And and the, uh, the butt end of his goalie stick has a doll's head, doll's head that has him. blonde hair yeah. like him with his glasses on it. It's yeah. so creepy. It's so but hilarious. Creepy. And then his dog, and the his dog lassie has the dog, same has the same haircut. haircut. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was... That was a gem. Uh, you know, I still, like, whenever I, you know, will joke around about, you know, making a grand entrance into something, I pretty much always sing Dreamweaver. <laughs> and to be honest, I think Wayne's World actually created that aside whenever, you know, someone sees someone super attractive or like their soulmate or whatever, and then the music cuts in. Um, Toy Story 3 actually did that with Barbie and Ken. Yeah. Which was brilliant. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I gotta tell you, I haven't, uh, like, Apart from last night, I hadn't seen the movie in almost a decade, I know. 
I'm, I'm grabbing the gun now. For shame. Uh, <laughs> I um, shot someone with a Nerf gun. Uh, but yeah, I got to tell you, all of the uh, the narration-based asides from Garth and Mike Myers is hilarious. Yeah. And then how um, it's following Ed O'Neill while he's behind the bar. Oh, my Mike God. Myers is like... I've never done a crazy thing in my life before that night. <laughs> Why is it Why is that it? when you kill a man on the field of battle, it's called heroic? <laughs> but when you do it in the heat of passion, it's called murder. <laughs> What are you doing? Comes out of nowhere. Um, you can't sorry? talk to the camera. You can't talk to the camera. That's for me. Over here. <laughs> Just totally like went from straight, pure black darkness into, hey guys, let's go over here. <laughs> He's like, do you know that if you kill a man in the dead of winter, steam, steam rise will rise from, from his <laughs> The Native Americans believed it was his soul leaving his body. <laughs> you know what I'd like to do? Yeah, I'd know what you'd like to do. You'd like to find the man responsible. And you'd like to, he says something like, hold his beating heart in front of his face <laughs> just so we can see how black it is before he dies. <laughs> nah, I was thinking I'm going to file a grievance with the union. <laughs> I think, uh, like, when it comes to Wayne's World, that came out in, what, 92? And this was fresh off of uh, Married with Children for Ed O'Neill. And mm -hmm. so I think he was kind of yeah. channeling his dad character and just trying to just let all those emotions out. And I, for me, I never grew up with Married with Children, but I've seen a couple episodes. And because of oh, how young man. he looks in that movie, that was, like, the direct yeah. correlation my brain made. I'm like, he's got to be channeling, like, Married with Children, just venting it all out. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I no, Married with Children was awesome, but you can't go to it now and watch it if you've never seen it before, if you didn't watch it, because it's very like over-the-top sitcom-y yeah. and dated. dated. So if yeah. you didn't appreciate it back then, and I don't suggest you go back and try to appreciate Married with Children now. Yeah, yeah, that one's a toughie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wasn't allowed to watch that show when I was a kid. Yeah. So, and I tried Neither was I. That's why I watched it all the time. <laughs> uh, well, I, did, I did that with The Simpsons and Beavis and Butthead. So. Oh, God, I, I think... My family got cable right around the time Jackass came out, and so I, I snuck downstairs into the basement, turned on Jackass when my parents weren't around. Uh, my brothers and I would just watch it and just go into giggle fits. There you go. Yeah. Nice. So, so after Wayne's World... After Wayne's World, we have uh, Coneheads uh, with Dan Aykroyd oh. in it. Now, I gotta tell you, the first time I saw it, I really didn't like it, and after uh, revisiting it last night, I actually enjoyed it. I did not. Uh, I liked it more when I was a kid, and I <laughs> liked it significantly less seeing it earlier today. Um, it was, aside from all the ridiculous amounts of cameos from SNL veterans and other like really great actors and yeah. comedic actors, the storyline was so so forced and. Um, it, I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't think that it needed to be dragged on that much, and I honestly don't think that the Coneheads were. I, I don't know. Movie level, length material. Definitely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. I will say, uh, it didn't really start with Wayne's World, but there were hints and pieces of it. Um, but I would say officially with Coneheads, the SNL movies uh, started to become spot the SNL alumni or something. Because I yeah. spotted, I think, 10 people that I recognized from uh, SNL in the movie Coneheads. Oh, yeah, at least. At least, yeah. yeah. It seemed like they were trying to rush these movies out. Because after the success of Wayne's World, being that that movie was incredibly inexpensive yeah. for them to produce, it, with the success of that, right after that, you see Coneheads in 93, and Wayne's World 2 came out in 93, That's too. Because right. I think Coneheads was like a Christmas release, and then oh, no, Wayne's reverse. World 3. Reverse. Wayne's World was oh, a Christmas release. Wayne's World 2, excuse me. That's right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I had it backwards. No, it's all good. So they, and Wayne's World 2 was not bad, because I still enjoy the characters, and I love it, but it was nowhere near the first one. No. It seemed very rushed. They had, a, they had almost double the budget for... Actually, yeah, they did. They had double the budget for Wayne, Wayne's World 2, and yeah. I enjoy it, but it's... it's 
I guess the analogy I'll make is um, Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 are kind of like Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, in my opinion, in what in this one respect. Nothing else. I know that you have your judgmental face going on, Sarah. No, I'm, I'm, totally, <laughs> I'm totally watching I, or looking at IMDb right now, so continue. Um, Wayne's World 2 is a worthy successor to Wayne's World, but it's nowhere near as good. That's how I judge yeah. Kick-Ass 2. It's, yeah. it's a worthy successor, but nowhere near as good as Kick-Ass. And like a lot of other Mike Myers vehicles, they... they they regurgitate certain things too much. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I had a problem with Austin Powers was how they just recycled the jokes throughout the whole thing. It's it, The weird thing is, is it's not exact copies and uh, exact quotes, but it was just the way that they were delivered and exactly how they were trying yeah. to do it was all exactly the, the same and, vein they did it in the movie before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And, well, they, they're not the first ones to do this. Nope. I actually read no. an article about Mel Brooks Mel Bo- doing the yeah, same thing. I was thing. just about to mention that. Yeah. Um, but It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Well, that's that's a that's a purposeful callback to a joke. I'm talking about actual rehashed gags. Like, like the camera running into the glass. Yeah, breaking through the window. And, uh, breaking and, the fourth wall over and over again. Yeah, or saying it's it's like saying, oh, it's, that's not really Nessa. I know what's Nessa. You don't know what's Nessa. And, and that <laughs> yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah. But I I, actually, I like Wayne's World too. I mean, it had Christopher Walken, so there's that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> baby, you want me to say what? Like I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, so last, last guy didn't get it. Get it. <laughs> last guy didn't get it. You big, you big. We He's small, small. <laughs> um, and it does have that totally rad um, fight scene between Wayne and, and Tia Carrere's dad. And that yeah. was that was pretty dope. That like was pretty there was dope. there was a lot of really good stuff in that movie. Oh, and by the Aerosmith. Way. Yeah, Aerosmith as a headliner. Um, and the speech that Brian did in the last episode yeah. is so classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Tia Carrera actually makes a cameo appearance on a magazine in Coneheads. It's one of the ones that she picks up, uh, The I'm blanking on her name, but it's one of the ones that she picks up from the grocery store rack, uh, and Tia Carrera Ooh. is just totally right on the front. Cosmopolitan? Are they trying to tell us so. that all of these SNL movies are, are in the same universe? universe? Oh my god! Because if they made an SNL sketch movie, super movie, oh god, oh. that would be ridiculous. Or ten-hour miniseries, <laughs> I would totally watch it. <laughs> um, oh, and I just remembered there was one little non sequitur that I wanted to make about Wayne's World before we jump back into Wayne's World too. Um, Rob Lowe is obviously in Wayne's World, and there's one moment where he says quite literally and then continues on with whatever his line is and mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of parks and recreation and his character in that chris traeger uses the word literally literally in the same inflection but he uses it at least 10 times each episode and nice. so i was like hey rob lowe is channeling his past self into his future self <laughs> that's, cool. yeah, that's wow cool. yeah nerd you never you never cease to astound me with your nerdiness <laughs> well thank you i I'm, I'm i'm still working on it there you go <laughs> no don't it, no feel the hate flow through you <laughs> <laughs> something 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 dark side <laughs> Something, something, something complete. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was after Coneheads and Wayne's World 2? All right, so here, uh, here that's we when go. They, this is when they start really this, just... This was the heyday for SNL movies, because they busted out a bunch of them really quickly, yeah. like year after year, so, for like five years. So, following is It's Pat. Okay. Oh, Boom. God. Okay. This is so damn bad. There's one thing I don't understand about this movie. What? On the show, the It's Pat bits had gotten so tiresome that they kind of scaled back on doing them, and then they did the movie. So, okay. Like a resurrection or something. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm about to burst the bubble on it. So the reason why I feel like SNL movies are not as successful is because of the fact that 
they are so completely character driven that story just fucking falls apart. And when, seat, yeah. yeah, and when you're doing it with characters like Pat, they're just obnoxious. Same thing with the Coneheads. It just becomes obnoxious yeah. and it's not enough of a strong storyline because it's it's more about let's just get this character out there because this character is really funny. And that's not necessarily enough to withstand an entire movie. Mm. There's actually, SNL made fun of itself on this when they did um, one of their Saturday TV Funhouse com- uh, comedy Saturday um, TV cartoon fun things. Saturday TV Funhouse. Yeah, they yes. did one where they did like the lifespan of an SNL character and um, they did the John Lovitz, that's the ticket, you know, guy. <laughs> and, and so they were basically like almost moving through like a whole factory. And they, I think they even talk about the fact that it makes a movie and then declines after that. <laughs> Good on them. I, the, I think that things like the Coneheads and It's Pat and uh, even Night at the Roxbury, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. I think that at a certain point, the SNL people don't realize that these characters work in short doses. Yeah. And not and exactly. You can't, and yep. like Sarah said, when you try to base them around the character, you're, it seems like you've got these characters, and so you're writing the story based on what the what would they do here, what would they do here, and you don't really have a full narrative like you should. Like, I mean, it worked out with uh, the Blues Brothers, but the Blues Brothers yeah. has so many musical well, and that's that's the parts thing. that like if you put all the parts that weren't musical numbers together, it would probably be like. 30 minutes. Yeah, but it's still a good movie. That's the thing. Blues yeah, Brothers. It's still I, a good movie. I got you. I just want to say Blues Brothers actually has a story. It like lays it out in the beginning and it achieves it and then has yes. some fun musical interludes during the story. Go ahead. The Blues Brothers didn't have a gag when they were on SNL. They exactly. were they, was, no, they, they were not a gag. They were they did the musical performances oh, and that's what made it funny. That's so right. so what you did was you just had this sort of like kind of persona of this character without all the gags adhered to it. It's yeah. Pat was just silly gags about how can we make this situation so completely gender neutral and you never quite find out what Pat is as far as, you know, is it a man or a woman? So that's that's what was and so And they never answered it in the movie either, which I thought they were going to at the end. But which, I think the whole yeah. point I think that there's just nothing down there, like a Ken doll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the only thing that I really liked about the It's Pat movie, aside from I, okay, I did think it was really funny, there was the guy who was the neighbor who was completely obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and that was really, really funny. And then um Dave Foley, just because I love Dave Foley. It's Dave Foley. Everything. Yeah. So uh, I did not get to see It's Pat, unfortunately, uh, only because you're, I... you're better off. All right. Uh, well, then uh, yeah, that was I rented it be when I was question. a kid. It didn't even open in theaters everywhere. It opened in three three cities, I think. Took in sixty seven grand in yeah. its first weekend. Yep. And was gone. Yep. Yeah. It was just it was just too weak, and the characters just not that funny in large doses. Yeah. So um, um, like the Coneheads. Like the Coneheads. Uh, I will say, uh, for all of its terribleness with the Coneheads, I think in terms of SNL movies after Wayne's World 2, well, actually, yeah, af- well, fine, whatever, Wayne's World, um, I think Coneheads had the funnier gags uh, based on the subject matter. Like, for example, the daughter, who does a amazing like dive off the diving board and makes like just a one-droplet splash or how... Zandark uh, is like an obsessive compulsive golfer and and just I, I thought the gags were worked Beldar. really Baldar excuse me Baldar oh and by the way uh, Coneheads totally spent its entire like three quarters of its budget in the last twenty minutes of that movie too I thought that oh, was hilarious yeah, definitely yeah. you must nurse the Garthok which is like the only thing I remember from that movie yeah I, I was just I was just mostly really annoyed with that movie I really Correct. yeah it's their annoying characters. 
Oh, actually, uh, now getting back on track, uh, do you know that Dave Foley was actually in Monsters University? Does not surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Dave Foley does a lot of character voices. He does. Uh, aside from his celebrity poker on Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> you know... I bet you I know what Kevin's favorite Dave Foley movie is. What? It's A Bug's Life, because oh. you're a Pixar. I'm a Pixel. File. Pixel, yeah. yeah. Because Pixar file... It sounds right, but it just sounds so wrong. It also makes it dirty, which is why I like it better. <laughs> of course you would, Sean. <laughs> um, I, I really wish Kids in the Hall never got like canceled and ended and stuff. I love Kids in the Hall. <sighs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, and then uh, news radio as well. Oh, God, I fucking loved news yeah. radio. Classic. Oh, my God. With Phil Hartman oh. as well. Phil Hartman. Oh. And that show used to be way more syndicated than it is now. I mean, it was mm-hmm. still syndicated, but I mean, it used to be more readily available. They used yeah. to show oh, yeah. it on Comedy Central. Yeah. They used to show it on TBS and TNT. Yep. In case you guys Unless. are ever wondering what to get me for my birthday, I have all the seasons of news radio on my Amazon.com wish list. All I'm the just saying. <laughs> I have seasons. I have seasons three through seven of Golden Girls on there because I got picked up the first two. I saw that. I saw what you did, Sean. Yeah, I got Golden Girl problems. Yep, (laughs) it's seriously becoming the insults and Sue. That was great. That was great. All right. So So what happened after it's Pat? It's Pat uh, comes. Stuart saves his family. Oh yeah. This one tried... I like Stuart Saves His Family. Okay, this one was not as bad as it gets on online. I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it 27%. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it had a lot of heart, but it wasn't that funny. I think it wasn't as funny as they maybe intended it to be, but if you take it as, you know, not like some kind of balls-out comedy like you expect from a, a Saturday Night Live movie mm. um, or something that was particularly gaggy, this, that's actually what I appreciate about this one is it didn't feel gaggy. Uh, it didn't feel gaggy. They had a good story behind it, and it had a good message. And they had some great actors in that, like Vincent D'Onofrio is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And you know that uh, also- Harris Eulen, who you guys remember from uh, Ghostbusters 2, who plays the judge. Yeah. yeah. Very short-lived, but very memorable My role. He's judge. the dad in this one, mm-hmm. and he's awesome because he really you good. hate him. And then um, uh, Laura San, was it Giacomo? Um, who was yeah. in uh, Just Shoot Me. She was in it. She played like the uh, Stuart Smalley's best friend. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, do you know that also uh, Stuart Saves' family was directed by Harold Ramis? Harold Ramis? Ramis, yeah. Ramis. Ramis? Yes. Okay. But yeah, uh, that was that was a surprise Apparently to me. Apparently Kevin has trouble with names. He does. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I say words and I hear farts. Okay. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Freeman? 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 Tom Crease. <laughs> Tom Crease? Tom, Tom Crease? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Cruz. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I apologize. <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to see Stuart Saves His Family for this episode, unfortunately. Um, see it? No, don't see it. It's tough to find. You know what I looked? I looked on Amazon. If you want to buy a DVD copy of it, it's so rare, it's like 37 bucks. Whoa, seriously? For a used one. Jeez. I rented it on iTunes. Yeah, but oh, yeah? I rented it on uh, Amazon Video, Instant Video. Nice. But, I mean, to buy a hard copy of it is yeah. expensive. Wow. Yeah. That's a surprise. But, yeah, you should totally you should totally rent it at okay. least. It's worth it. All right. Moving on uh, is Blues Brothers 2000. And after that, okay, we can move on. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, yeah, well, let's, we'll just say Blues Brothers 2000, you watch it for the musical numbers because yep. they are very, very good. Yep. Aretha Franklin comes back. Aretha Franklin comes back. Um, um, oh, the, Erica Badu. Erica Badu. Badu that was right. really great. Um, um, and actually, one of my favorite lines, just one of my favorite things ever said in a movie, is actually said in that movie. And it's um, at the end, and it's it's Colin Quinn. He says, 
Oh, oh, fuck. Now I can't even... I'm blanking on it right now. Holy shit, it's been so long since I've seen it. Okay, cut this part out, because now I sound like... Well, I was going to say, uh, motherfucking James Brown is in this movie as one of the most awesome names ever, Reverend Cleophus James. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, I remember now. It was, uh, don't try any of that bougie, bougie crap on me, or I'm going to tell you what's up. And I don't know why, but that <laughs> shit was so fucking funny to me. <laughs> Which is that uh, bougie, bougie crap uh, on me. <laughs> which is actually a setup for a joke that's made in Superstar. What I, was it? Where the grandmother says, "If I ask you to bougie, bougie, you better bougie." And then one of the kids goes, "Well, what is that? What is bougie, bougie?" She says, "I don't know, but you better fucking do it. And you better fucking figure it out." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was great because isn't that the mom from Mary Poppins in oh. Superstar? God, I think it is. I'm pretty sure that's her. Oh, I'm going to look yeah. that up right now. Okay, anyway, now. backing up. Blues Brothers 2000, yes. Modular for the musical numbers. Um, and the very last musical number especially because they got get this powerhouse band together that mm-hmm. goes against so the Blues good. Brothers. It's so ridiculous. good. It's so good. It's like B.B. King, Eric Clapton. Yeah. The amount of famous like musicians and blues musicians especially in yeah. that movie is just redonk. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just ignore the story. You know, <laughs> yep. I will. I will give it that the very first scene is actually kind of touching when he goes to pick up Jake and he finds out Jake's dead. Yeah, yeah. but then they I just... felt like it helped me experience John Belushi dying since I was negative two when he died. Right, yeah. right, absolutely. No, um, and that was a that was a really sweet moment. And but I... and then they kind of make a joke out of it too, in terms of just going over one after the another and another. All these things that have changed since he was in prison, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's kind of just oh, oh, yeah, it could, oh. beats it over the head. They could yeah. have done one or two. Yeah. yeah. By the way, you are correct. The actress's name is uh, Glynis. G-L-Y-N-I-S. Glynis. Glynis Johns. She was the mother in uh, Mary Poppins okay. uh, and was the grandmother in Superstar. I knew it. I yep. knew it. I knew and it. married well to Cleophus James. Cleophus James. <laughs> Reverend Cleophus. Reverend Cleophus James. James. So what's uh, <laughs> what was after Blues Brothers 2000? All right. In the year 1998, uh, Blues Brothers 2000 came out in February... Uh, for obvious studio reasons. And then in October of 98, A Night at the Roxbury came out. Which is not that bad. It's not I think that bad. it's yes, funny. it is. I think it's funny. I think Come, it's a... It's just, it's just like a lot of these movies where it, it doesn't... The story doesn't really oh, go anywhere. Oh, no, the anywhere. story's stupid. Yeah. The story's yeah. just really, really bad. But there's some really funny-ass parts. There's some funny moments. Did you touch my ass? <laughs> you touch my ass? <laughs> Sir, how, how could I? standing that is a physical impossibility... <laughs> You touch my ass? I How know your could tricks. I? I'm on the other side of the room. <laughs> I actually, I really liked Molly Shannon in that movie. Yeah, I thought yeah. she was really funny she, being she like that funny. crazy, desperate chick. Yeah, um, she I plays was... really good nut jobs. She does sex crazed nut jobs. Oh, fun fact: uh, Molly Shannon comes from uh, the same hometown as me, uh, Shaker Heights, Ohio. She went to my high school. Cool. Before I went to high school. Clearly. Clearly and utterly. Uh, otherwise, I think I would have been friends with her. Yeah. You'd like to hope so. I do. <laughs> um, I'm really pissed at a night at the Roxbury for one specific reason. Okay. Jim Carrey does not make a cameo appearance because oh, he when he was, was on, on it, the sketch, oh my God. he made it. He made it was that. So funny. It was so funny because he had the perfect unibrow and he had the best head bopping. Just like while they're listening to the music, he did the best one. And yeah. I remember uh, actually, uh, this is a gif that I test out on. Uh, uh, on this is just a gift that I test of um, all three of them in the car rocking their heads and it's just on a loop and I just like I, I blast the I blast the music on in the background and it's just on a loop it's so much fun there's a travesty about that actual episode 
No. If you go on Netflix, that is one of the sketches that's cut out of Jim Carrey's one when you go through the whole list of them. <gasps> no. That is a crime against yeah, humanity. I, I, I didn't believe it, so I said maybe I missed it. I went to the kitchen or something, and I watched it again, and it's not. I fast-forwarded through it. It's not on there. Oh, it's, that's it's so sad. It's a travesty. That's one of the best sketches on SNL it ever. Clearly, yeah. clearly. <laughs> Another travesty with that they cut out from Night of the Roxbury that I think was actually probably relatively more subtle in the sketch, but when the guys like turn around, they're doing their little head bob thing, and then they kind of like wipe their nose yeah, really furiously. Yeah, they It's all coked out. Yep. Yeah, they did not have coke anywhere nope. in that movie. It was a PG-13 well, There's no movie. way to really address it without turning the characters into like cokeheads. True. Well, that was yeah. the, that's what made it kind of funny. It was. Is that yeah. They were just like coked out, of like minds. coked out club rats. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's I know it was a huge part of the sketch, which worked in a short dose, and then when you try to expand an entire story about these guys, it didn't no. really. At work. no point through the story did I like feel like I really cared about either of those characters. Same. I liked yeah. the characters around them more. But I feel like it, I feel like this one was definitely more of a, an attempt at expanding the characters as opposed to relying on the gags right. like something like it's Pat. Yeah. You know. By the way. I just realized this was a PG-13 movie, and there were a lot of boobs in that movie. Are there boobs in that movie? Yeah, there are definitely there boobs. There were bear boobs in that movie. No, there were bear boobs in that movie when they were at the pool party. There was uh, definitely bear boobs. You're allowed to have a certain amount of boobs in a movie for like a split second if it's right. PG or PG-13. The bar was set by Airplane yes! in 1980. Uh, well done. Right. Well done, Sean. I was about to make the exact same reference. That's right. Very big boobs just literally just shows just up on screen across the screen five, for like I think a that good might have been the first pair of bare boobs i saw as a child oh sean you had such and a I good knew, start and i knew then wait your mother didn't breastfeed i was gonna well no that i remember seeing <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah oh I wait mean, no i did you, breastfeed until i was eight <laughs> <laughs> so. i was about to say did you pull a quagmire <laughs> i'm just kidding wait, Mom, wait. i'm kidding giggity giggity all right gross <laughs> So gross. That's the second Family Guy reference I've made tonight. There you go. I'll try to keep it at a three Family Guy minimum reference. Okay. Um, but yes, Night at the Roxbury. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, Sean, like getting back to the comment that you were saying about how you had no no empathy for the Chris Kattan or Will Ferrell. Yeah. I agree with you. I actually felt more sorry for the truck that they were driving. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That truck was such a piece of shit, but it worked so hard, and they didn't treat it with respect or that anything. Van, no, they just threw like the tossing the in there. flowers in yep. there. The <laughs> fake flowers. Fake. They work in a fake, fake flower, flower shop. shop. Yeah. <laughs> and they need to merge with the lamp shop. Yeah. <laughs> that was the driving force of the movie. Yep. But the lamp mail. shop and the fake plant store need to cut this wall. That's right, no, that but was, it was that through was, mailage. That was the conflict. <laughs> that was not the driving. The driving thing was that they wanted to start their own club. Yeah. Or that they wanted to get where into the, the Roxbury. Out, where the outside... Well, there's that, too. Yeah. <laughs> where the outside is the inside, and the inside is the outside of <laughs> yeah. the club. That's what they the wanted. the dumbest thing ever. Actually, I think that's kind of worked. brilliant. That, like, so while you're brilliant. waiting in line, you have couches. <laughs> yeah, and then you get <laughs> drinks, awesome. and it's then there's lights flashing in front of your face. And then people just grind up on you. I think it's a brilliant idea. Because, I mean, the inside, like, the inside-outside part of it was actually kind of cool at the end. I I would seriously consider going to a club like that. Seriously, because I don't go to clubs. Well, there you go. I play video games and masturbate really hard. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you masturbate really hard and you play video games really hard, or you just masturbate really hard? Well, I I do both simultaneously. Oh. So while I'm shooting someone, I'm shooting something else. (laughs) Bullshit. There's no way you could be manipulating both triggers. I know. Uh, it's like, it's, it's pretty, it's on a pretty modern easy. console? Yeah, it's pretty on, easy. Like, it's called Nintendo. the Nintendo Wii. So while you're oh. shaking the Wii, you're shaking something else simultaneously. Oh. It just there works. You, go. You, go. you could also just learn to jerk off with your feet. I mean, there's a lot of apes that can do it. There you go, It's the YouTube. main reason that I put a pumice stone to my heel every day. Because I don't, I don't want the roughness. 
to affect me the way it has in the past. So, <laughs> so you dry dog with your feet. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Uh huh. If I'm all out of coconut oil, I definitely dry dog it. So you literally give yourself the strangest stranger. <laughs> yeah, I, I I sit on both my feet first, so they both go numb. And they're very wobbly. And by the way, it's really hard to control them. It's very. If you saw me doing it, it'd be the funny. You know what? I should put this video online. <laughs> I want the Spanish to playing in the background while you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this may have to be outtakes. <laughs> how? Wait. No, how, no, 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 no. Staying in. No. How many hours of yoga did you do in order to get that flexibility? So zero. You, so you're a bartender. I injure and myself every single time. I should stretch. It's a good point, Sarah. <laughs> I was about to say, like your your hip flexors in there must be really insane. Uh, and you must also have. Like abs of platinum, then at that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So night at the Roxbury, guys. Um, yeah, there weren't Moving as many. Right along. There weren't as many SNL cameos in that. I, I thought. Mm, Colin Quinn. Apart from Colin Quinn, yeah. who had a bit Jeff. role at sabotaging them. Yeah. He was a plot device. And Molly Shannon. And Molly Shannon. Yeah. So. So that's two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, superstar. Oh, God, this movie sucks. Yes, I'm not a fan. Oh, I thought so it was watchable. Bad. That's it. Watchable. No, it, it it's one of those things where it just, you watch it and it starts off so promising, like within the first little opening bit, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cute. Like her little, like, childhood story yep. background thing. Very true. And then it just, once they actually start, once it actually starts getting into the Molly Shannon character, yep. Mary Catherine Gallagher, it, it just plummets. After um, that, it's it's yeah. so it's unwatchable. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, my main complaint with Superstar is how um, they set up a plot device for a talent show, and the winner of the talent show gets to uh, have a, a walk-on role in a movie. Gets with, to be an extra, or an extra in a movie with moral, positive moral values. Positive moral values, and they hype it up throughout the entire movie. And I even watched through the credits. Not nothing. even, not even nothing. It's just like, yeah, moving on. She's like, oh, and that was my story. Yep. As she's talking to the tree that she uses to make out with. Yeah. Which actually, I thought that was funny because, like, she—it's just the camera on her at the end of the movie, and so that's my story. And I, I thought you should know. And then you're thinking that she's talking to like Sky, who's played by Will Ferrell, or uh, someone else, like uh, the the motorcycle. The is played by Harlan Williams. Har- yeah. Or I'm sorry, no, Harlan Williams. Excuse yeah. me. He was in Rocket Man, and I watched that movie at least five thousand times as a kid. Oh. I love it's that. It's so funny, but it's so bad, too. It, it is so... But it's funny enough. It is so incredibly bad, but I cannot stop myself from watching Rocket Man. But yeah, and then it just cuts to her with the tree, and I actually laughed out loud. You heard me. That was what, I was rewatching the ending before we started, because I think with all the wine that I consumed last night, there was, there's bits and pieces of the movies that I was forgetting. Either I was my conscience is forcing me to forget, or I actually legitimately forgot. There you go. Which is saying something about the movie at the same time. It wasn't great. Again, it was one of those characters that just is obnoxious yeah. and they didn't do anything to develop or expand upon it aside from giving her a backstory and that was And giving not, her friends. And giving her friends and that was not enough. No. At all. Clearly. Um, and their characters are so strong and they, they seem to have to be mugging so much to maintain these characters that I kind of lose 
the belief that this is like an actual person. I'm just oh, yeah. watching the gag kind of. Yeah, good right. Point. I think that's what I think I appreciated more about Stuart Saves the World is that it didn't feel like this weird character or this fish out of water type scenario. It felt like he blended in with his environment really well. Mm-hmm. Blues Brothers, same thing. Wayne's actually, World, same thing. I would say no. Coneheads does not. I actually, I don't know if I would say Wayne's World, yes, because there are only a handful of other characters. So only but a they have, but they very specifically have their metal genre they're like their crew the metal guys that yeah. they go hang out with the ones that they go to the, the it's it was definitely oh, speaking okay. to a subculture okay. yeah 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 all right that's why they had okay. actually um a, the woman who directed that was actually a woman who did rockumentaries okay and so she she understood the subculture that they were targeting well thank you for that educational lesson You're fucking welcome <laughs> <laughs> um i think blues brothers did it the best when it comes to just supporting characters even uh, yeah. with the artists that had like you know one or two scenes but they were just so well defined in those short moments yeah like they had yeah. an arc in like the five to ten minutes of screen time that those artists had yeah i think the i think it's just with the other movies it was just the the characters are just too damn outland outlandish that yeah. they don't fit in their to their own environments right yeah. um actually and, and uh, unless sean do you have anything else about superstar to say i have nothing about <laughs> superstar to say uh, okay because so, my mother taught me if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all and i repeatedly go against that but not this time not i'm this like time. you i was about to say uh, what have you been sean? doing this whole episode <laughs> Big ups to mom. There you go. I'm actually listening to something you said on the podcast. The world can hear it. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, actually, uh, the reason why I asked, Sean, is because now comes my little miniature surprise. Technically, after Superstar, technically, the next SNL-based movie that came out was Office Space. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. speaking. This is true. Yeah. So for our dear listeners who do not know, uh, Mike Judge, my name is Judge. Not the same judge. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> not at all. Why did you say that? <laughs> I love making that reference. Okay. And I love that accent, too. So anyway, in the mid or early 90s, uh, there was these short cartoons that I think showed up on Saturday TV Funhouse uh, on SNL called uh, Milton. And it was based on the character, uh, excuse me, I believe you have my stapler, that Milton from the movie Office Space. And then in 99, they actually made a full live action movie, not an animated one. Uh, and yeah, it's very on a technical level since it debuted on SNL. You could classify that as an SNL movie. And do you know what cue they could take from that movie was that you take a character who worked in a short sketch, and you keep their part short yeah. and, and sweet, keep and not the main focus character. The whole movie on them. Exactly, not the main character. That was the other really successful part about that. But movie. still, a very important character. Very important to the story. That's right. So I, I, I told you, I burned the whole place down. It's the last straw. <laughs> the last straw. Last straw. I put strychnine in the guacamole. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, great. I, there's somebody at my work, and bi-monthly, he's supposed to send me reports, and so I just go, so I'm going to need those TPS yes, reports. reports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I quote from that movie all the time, yeah. My favorite part of, the, of Office Space, hands down, no question, is Die Motherfuckers montage where they beat the shit out of that fax copier in the field with a baseball bat. Oh, God, I laugh so hard because I've had so many electronic gadgets in my life that I've wanted to take a baseball bat, an axe, a flamethrower, a uh, MP50 machine gun, if that's the right name, uh, and then a rocket launcher, too. And my therapeutic moment that I can channel 
is that scene from Office Space. Kevin, I think you have some aggression issues. No! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. Get me out of here. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> and with that, I am done. Good night, guys. God damn Bye, son of a bitch! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm back. <laughs> I wasn't done yet. <laughs> Kevin Satorius, Closet Rageaholic. Help. You fucking right, Sean. I swear to God. Going on. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you Too can't much. you can't choke the webcam. Stop it. God, it won't work, but it wants to. Ow. <laughs> I can oh, feel Sean, it. I can so sorry, feel Sean. your look. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I'm sorry, baby. Please I didn't mean me. it. I didn't mean it. I swear. Please I'll be good. Me. Please love me. <laughs> Please. I'll be better. I swear. <laughs> uh, the end. Uh, so after, after Office Space... So, yes, after the Office Space, movie. Sean, I think it's time. After yes, Office Space. Yes, it is time to listen to the ladies, man. Ladies and gentlemen. We have our Covathier right here. <laughs> you do an impeccable impression. That is, yeah, that is perfect, even with the pronunciation Ooh, it's a of Covathier. <laughs> Hello, lady. I'm here to answer all of your romantic queries. So, first thing that I want to mention to you, ladies, man, uh, this was the first SNL movie that had a, a lead uh, black actor in the movie because every yeah, leading up good. to it, it has been all all honkies at this point. Am I right, ladies, man? Am I right? Yes, you are right. I am the first black actor to actually get really big in the world of SNL movies, though. But that's not the only thing Tim you're big Meadows on. Tim did not get very much screen time on SNL except for the ladies, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but funny uh, fun fact actually uh, with Tim Meadows who played the ladies' man, he was he also no, that had, was Sean. Fuck's sake. <laughs> he had a, he had a small part in Stewart Saves His Family, and he also had a small part in um, Coneheads. And if you would wait, like wait, a wait. small part in you, ladies, he out had a there. cameo in Coneheads. Wait, was he was he the spaceship driver in Coneheads? No, he was the first one to go up against the monster on the planet. He was the first. You don't ever, you don't ever see his face, he, but I like you kind of sort of see his face for yeah, a split second, yeah, but you hear it, and right. I was like, "That's fucking Tim Meadows." Yeah, yeah, I heard the voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, I think yeah, Tim Meadows has been the only SNL uh, alumni who is black has, that has shown up in SNL movies, mm-hmm. uh, because right now I think we have Keenan Thompson. Thompson. That's right, Keenan uh, and Kel. Keenan and Kel. Kel dropped off the face of this yeah, earth. I wanted to, to come back. I want him. Orange soda. I, I will, Kel I will loves con- orange soda. Is it true? I do, I do, I do, I do. Oh, <laughs> um, oh wow. That could be another extremely short segment. Um, all that movies. Oh, Good Burger? Which it would be just Good, That's it. Just good Burger. <laughs> okay, anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, and then we could just do an Amanda Bynes smashing hour. Uh, <laughs> let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Josh Server. He was super dreamy. He was on all that. Oh, uh, okay. I loved him. All right. But yes, I'm sorry, ladies, man. We keep going into these tangents. I want to hear about your experience on the movie. Uh, yes, I enjoyed the movie because... Um, how do I say this? I had my wang mouthified several times during the production. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yes, well done. <laughs> I wish I, I had the chance to see this movie before the recording because it, I only saw it once oh, when it came out. Oh, you've never seen it? I, I saw it once when it came it's out. It's really good for like the first hour. And like you and said then it before, it's terrible after that. Yeah, and the resolution at the end is awful and contrived, and it just really loses you. But uh, Billy D. Williams is in this movie. What? what? He Billy actually D? narrates the whole movie, and oh, he's no the bartender at the dive bar that they hang out with. So at. they're pulling a uh, um, a Big Lebowski with Billy D. Williams. 
Yeah, they got big. Oh, and uh, John Witherspoon is in the movie too. Wow. He's the dad from Friday, and he's hilarious in everything. Awesome. I've only seen bits and pieces. I've never had a chance to Same. watch the whole thing all the way through. Bits and pieces. Yeah, I just watched interspersed. However, I I'm pretty sure I remember seeing on SNL like a year or two after the movie came out, they did a ladies' man sketch where he's like, "That's right, I'm back." I had a pretty good movie for those 10 people that saw it. (laughs) (laughs) It was brilliant. Uh, Yeah, I didn't see it till it was out on VHS. I didn't see it in the theaters. It had a pretty short run in the theaters. Yeah, Yeah. unfortunately it did. Um, Well, because at this point... Like SNL movies do not have a have a good track record. A strong track record, yeah. Yep. Like looking at the list of movies in terms of estimated budget and U.S. grosses, um, Blues Brothers made their money back definitely. Um, Wayne's World definitely. Uh, Wayne's World two barely. A Night at the Roxbury definitely. Superstar definitely, and that's it. Not even the ladies' man. Aww. But it. But even if you look at it critically. Yeah. Like looking at it. Oh, yeah. Critically, they're all after Wayne's World are Mm -hmm. not very good. Yeah. Uh, The one common thread that I found with these movies is that the story itself, pre ending credits, is anywhere between an hour and 15 and an hour and 20 minutes. Hmm. Almost all of them. I think Blues Brothers might be the only one that's slightly longer. I think it's because, as we were saying, it has a better story. If you keep it shorter, it's that much better. Yep. These a lot of these characters are just not strong enough, and just because they're popular in sketches does not mean that they're going to withstand full length movies. Yep. Very. And it only took them seven tries to release (laughs) to realize that. (laughs) No, they haven't realized it because they also have. MacGruber. Well, uh, yes. Which, by the way, though, after the ladies' man, they stopped for nearly a decade. A decade, that's right. Um, Of course, in that decade, there weren't a lot of memorable characters on SNL. No. At least so ingrained in pop culture that they could make a movie out of it. Imagine MacGruber was. It was like, hey, we haven't made one of these in a while. Yeah. Imagine if there was a Debbie Downer movie. Fuck, no, that would have been that would have been almost torture to go through. Really but if they bad. did Justin Timberlake in the giant suit sketch oh. that he does every time he shows oh with the God. big hands with the three fingers, God, that's, that's right. Actually, movie about really him. Funny. Yeah, yeah. I, it wouldn't withstand a whole movie. No um, bullshit. I, I that think... would just be us and they're going dance monkey <laughs> I just dance. really want to see it. I just really want to see it. That's why. But it'd be horrible. Yeah. And uh, before we jump into MacGruber real fast, I think the one thing I'm most surprised about when it comes to SNL movies is that the Lonely Island trio that made all the SNL digital shorts mm-hmm. did not get their own SNL movie, which I thought was silly. But they made their That's own fine. They movie have... they called did. Hot Rod. Oh, no, yeah. that, well, that was Hot Rod, and then they did um, The Watch that used to be called The Neighborhood Watch, and then after the whole George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin thing, they changed it to just The Watch, where it was yeah. about an alien invasion yeah. in a suburban town. All three of them worked on it, and all three of them actually had cameos, too. Hmm. Hmm. They were circle-jerking each other, spoiler alert. <laughs> wow. At a, at a, a sex party. Yeah, a sex party. Nice. Taking it back to Hot Rod real quick, my, my brother actually worked an event. He does audio and stuff for live events, and he um, met um, Andy Samberg, and had the opportunity basically he's like look i know this is really unprofessional and i'm not supposed to do this but hot rod is in like my top 10 favorite movies like i just <laughs> love that movie and and andy sandberg was super cool about it he's like dude that's it like that's number one that's awesome he's like i'm so glad to hear you say that because i mean it's not like a huge movie a lot of people haven't even seen it but i swear to yeah, god but it's hilarious the, it the montage 
that they do doing the the footloose like ripoff like where he's like <laughs> yes. angry dancing in the woods is like so worth watching the yeah. whole damn uh, movie and then he just oh, falls and down when they the do the flyers afterwards. when there's the the dude who just like throws flyers at people and then starts humping at the camera <laughs> <laughs> so awkward but so hilarious yeah oh uh, that was i Danny McBride Danny mm-hmm. McBride, yeah. Who am I supposed to build Rams Farm? Who am I supposed to build Rams Farm now? <laughs> uh, All right, McGruber. Sorry. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, yes, uh, McGruber, uh, uh, unless Sean, you have anything about Hot Rod? Oh, no, but I I have some things to say about McGruber, which I just watched last night for the first time. All this right. podcast is responsible for me seeing that movie because I just it totally fell by the wayside for me. Really? Yeah, I, I remember when it was out, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to see that in the theater. And then when it came out on uh, on Blu-ray, I was like, ah, I'm not going to rent that. And when I was like, eh, it, has, it hasn't been on Netflix or anything yet, so it took me this long. Okay. Yeah, and when I went to go, I, this was actually my first time seeing all of it um, before I'd only seen bits and pieces. And I had to go borrow it from a friend who got it through some illegal means. Um, and so she <laughs> she basically handed me the disc in, like, a little, like, plastic jewel case. And uh, Does like, she hand it to you all shadily at, like, no, a, a, no, a, a no. park? With the trench coat? At a park no. where there's old men playing Fedora. chess in the background <laughs> right. and, wearing a chest, right. and you're wearing a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> while <No>. it's raining <laughs> and I was like okay yeah I'll get this back to you um, soon and she's like you can keep it and I'm like oh <laughs> great <laughs> I actually thought it was way funnier than I gave it credit for before I saw it okay it yeah, it, there was uh, w- what they did was they just went over the top with the gross jokes, which of course I loved. Like when they just when they were like, "Hey, we can't really put anything really that funny in here. Let's just make it as gross as possible yep. or as awkward as possible." Like the sex scene okay. with, with Kristen Wiig is classic. Oh my god, that was that actually was <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the few moments where I quite literally laughed out loud, and I and it was so. I think what I liked so much about that scene is, okay, so in the very beginning of the movie, they do, like, the very classic parody, uh, and it was, like, almost very legitimate feeling, like, okay, this is, like, some washed-up hero and all that stuff, and (laughs) I don't want to get back in the game and that kind of thing. And I loved that. And then once the character started being all MacGruber-ish, and then I was like, okay, I can't. I'm, this is losing me. This is losing me. The gags, there were gags in there that were funny. Yes, the gross out humor stuff was funny. And then it went back into like the the parody thing of like when they're doing like the slow mo sex yeah. scene, and, and then like you're the, like that it's the all dialogue intense. Dialogue with the captains all <laughs> like parody, all of the, like yeah, you and can't all, do and that, that. I can. And, and I, I did. Up. That whole thing with that whole sex scene, though, and then like where you see his ass, <laughs> and it's still like all like all like soft and like uh. slow motiony, and then you just see his ass, and all of a sudden that's when they cut to the gross noises, and I just lost it uh. because the juxtaposition was so well played. Like that was just good comedy right yeah. there. And the bit with the with like the celery in the ass, it yep. was like really that was <laughs> this is the so best way weird. you could distract him, but it totally worked <laughs> twice. Uh. And then having but, Ryan Philippe do that at the end. But what, what about with Ryan Phillippe when he's like begging him to be a part of the team because he blew up all of his team with C four, all the guys like named Tug, oh, yeah. and, and he's like, and I will suck like, your dick. Tell me what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me what, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that that was and see that I didn't that actually I didn't appreciate so much. I, you didn't. Not, oh, it's so I hilarious. Didn't, I didn't. It's so th- awkward and fucked up. No, it is really awkward and fucked up. But I thought that the ripping the throats out thing was funnier. Like the first yeah. three times that they did it. <laughs> uh, 
I thought they were. I thought he was going to do that to Val Kilmer at the end. I, I hope too. so. Killing Val Kilmer is but, also priceless. Dude, uh, Val Kilmer as a villain called Kunth. Come on. Yes. Gold. Comedy gold. Val Kilmer was great in it. I thought Val Kilmer was hilarious. Yeah, he was great. He was really good. Yeah. And he Uh, played it nice and subtle crazy. Yep. I liked it. Yep. Like I texted to you before, Sean, uh, my favorite part of that movie, uh, spoiler alert, is how Val Kilmer's character Kunt dies. It was just, it was everything that you could do over the top, and then it goes over the top yeah, on top was, of yeah. over the top. That was a pretty yeah. awesome death. It was. It was so fucking funny. It like kicks him off of a, throws him off of a cliff, then starts shooting him as he's falling. As he's falling down. <laughs> and then, like, once he hits the ground, then he, like... Already dead. Shoots him with a grenade launcher. With a grenade shoots launcher, gra- and then pees on him. <laughs> yeah, and they show <laughs> all of that, too. So <laughs> and pees on the remains. <laughs> And I thought Kristen Wiig was hilarious, too, because she was so awkward. Like, when she was playing, yeah. she's just playing a keyboard in her home by herself alone when MacGruber comes in. And she's like, I'm sorry, but my life is my music now. <laughs> <laughs> that She did a really, really good job. But the funny thing is, is her character that she was playing in the movie was nothing like the character that she ends up playing when she's do- when they're doing the sketch because and they only do that at the very end. Yeah, when- she turns immediately and she's like 10 seconds McGruber and I was yeah. like wow your character just immediately changed to kind of just let the audience know we're doing the, the one part you've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah, the parts from the sketch, and so I don't know. Yeah. I don't really Which know how Which was funny the way that. they did it this time. It was. Yeah. Look at all these wires. I'm, what like, the I'm a three What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> Here's oh, a green but- wire. Oh no, there's another green wire. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I didn't like, and I will admit that I haven't watched the SNL sketch as much, like I've seen a few. But it doesn't have as much of, like, the MacGyver joke of where he was making a bunch of stuff out of nothing. Until they, the end. Well, yeah. they did. And the, at the end, they, they just show him, like, pack a bunch of crazy things into his mouth and his pockets didn't use and stuff, like it. rubber bands. And he didn't use any of it. Yeah. 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 And then I love the joke that's how it's, like, where he gets a gun for the first time because he doesn't know how to shoot guns. And he goes, holy and he just shit. Goes, like, <laughs> shaking <laughs> like, him in the air. Like, and like, 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 just like, it's, it's just so over the top. And then he goes, holy shit. I love shooting guns. Why the fuck was I making all this useless shit before? <laughs> and that joke would have played a lot better if, if he had actually it done it. If, yeah. he, if the the only reference you have to that is the opening credits and then the little attempt yeah. at making a grenade out of a tennis ball. <laughs> but no, oh, but after that scene where he gets the guns and he's like firing them off and he goes and he just like throws the guns and walks into the room and then Ryan Philippe looks at him and goes, where's the guns? And he goes, shh, 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 <laughs> we guns? have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so, that was so uh, quiet, but it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't and know. it was good to see Ryan Philippe again. The guy's not getting a whole lot of work exactly. these days. Exactly. Yeah. That was totally telling Kevin, I was yeah. like, this is the first thing Ryan Philippe's done in years, and I haven't mm-hmm. seen him do anything since. Yeah. I think the last thing I remember him being really good in before this was Igby Goes Down. And that was a long time ago. Oh, Wait, damn, there was, was one, a long time ago. There was the one where he played a hacker. What was that called? Um, oh, Virus? Or I think that was movie actually was called, called Hackers. Antitrust. Angelina, Antitrust. Antitrust. That's Antitrust. what it yeah. was. I thought you were talking about the Angelina Jolie Hackers movie. No, no, no. Antitrust. No, that no. was okay. Um, he was yeah. actually, I thought he was really good okay. in Flags of Our Fathers, but that was in 2006. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, he was in The Lincoln Lawyer in 2011. I totally forgot. Oh, that's right. I didn't see that. Uh, that was a solid movie. Oh, Lincoln Lawyer was good. Yeah. I think that, that kind of was... like came in under the radar. I didn't yeah. even see it till it was on Netflix. Someone's Sa- like, "You got to watch the Lincoln Lawyer." Same thing with like Law Abiding Citizens. Some of these movies yeah. just make it past me. Shit. Yeah. I, I. I mean, tangent aside, I think Lincoln Lawyer was the movie that really proved to audiences that Matthew McConaughey is not an annoying douchebag in movies, and uh, he really has range. And 
Man, his career has gotten better since that. All right, I figured out an awesome way to try to wrap this up, guys. Let's hear it. So, two things. One, what is an SNL character that you wish you would have seen a movie about that you think could have better carried a movie? And two, what do you think the next SNL-based movie is going to be? Do you think it's going to be based on a sketch character? Do you think it's going to be more musically based, like the Lonely Island thing? Might turn into more of a Blues Brothers thing somehow? Damn. I think they've come along. I think they've come so far from having sketches like the ones that the Blues Brothers were, gen- like you know, where that Genesis was from. You know, mm. I don't think that they have that opportunity anymore to do that. It would be really cool if they could do more musical stuff because the thing is, is they do have a lot of really good musical talent. Right. Actually, it would have been kind of cool. There was um, Anna Gasteyer and. Will Ferrell had their characters. Uh, the cheerleaders? No, that was Sherry O'Terry. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, no, oh god, the cheerleaders would have been fucking awful as a movie. Yeah, um, I was getting sick of that sketch about after the fourth one I saw. Yeah, uh, no, the ones where they were playing at at like school dances and things like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, they do all like updated songs, but with like a keyboard and yeah, like that would have been <laughs> that would have been kind of funny to see like that, but but that done as say like a mockumentary. Yeah. About like that group or something. Like that, that would have been be funny. Hilarious. They just they can't do it like a straight movie. They need some sort of something else to make it okay. Like the spinal tap characters, you know. Oh, the fact yeah. that that was in a mockumentary kind of style made those characters work better. Yeah. Yeah. So um the only character that comes to mind that I would want to see in an SNL movie or like a mockumentary style would be Stefan. Oh Stefan. Yes. Yes. That and actually kind of see the clubs that he's describing. Mm-hmm. It, it and this would... week, we're going to have human kites. Oh, no, no. I think actually <laughs> not... What's a human kite? It's that thing where you take a midget and a windbreaker <laughs> and a string attached to them, and you run down the beach. <laughs> no, I think actually you could not see the clubs until, like, the very end. Oh. Like, hyping know, it up have, throughout the whole you movie. You would have to, like, just wait for it, like, till he finds, like, the ultimate hot spot. <laughs> yeah, it would kind of be, like, a little bit of a rehash of Night at the Roxbury without all the quote-unquote plot um <laughs> well i mean but, you, you would still have to have some sort of driving plot so right. that, and that's where the story is lacking because yeah. how do you take that character and how do you put it into yeah. a story i would say oh, you bo- know have a have a whole mm. other separate thing and have him be a side character mm. all right so on that vein of mockumentary what if you did a whole behind the music movie mockumentary movie on stefan so it's like behind the clubs or something like that okay where Ooh. it's like it's chronicling like you know his whole personal or professional life and having like some excellent narrator in the background talking about all the drugs that he would get in and stuff like that. I think that actually could work really well as a mockumentary and stuff. Yeah. Or you could do like a historical um, mockumentary because apparently I just really like them. Of, uh, <laughs> in 1997, when Stefan entered right. the club Anus, little did he know shit was about to get real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the one of uh, those like those sisters, and then there's the one played by Kristen Wiig that has like the really tiny hands and like yes, the giant yes. forehead. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, that thing works in short doses. Yep. If you really try to extrapolate the backgrounds of those sisters and all the things they do, it would get. Really Really, it would get just really weird. Not watchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just I want to see Amy Poehler just be more awesome because I love her. I think she's great. I want to see a movie where she's the lead character and not just regulated to Parks and Recreation because she's Baby amazing Mama? in it. She's she not the main character. character in that though. She's like the buddy. Yeah, that's right. Tina Fey's the main character. Yeah. I thought they were. I thought they were co-stars. I thought they were both the leading ladies of that. I thought yeah, but the protagonist is is Tina Fey. Sure. Is Tina Fey? Yeah, but any more Amy Poehler I can get in my life, and Tina Fey, 
definitely on board. If I, she'll just get rid of that restraining order, I could get way more Amy Poehler. In <laughs> <laughs> Amy Poehler doing the Sarah Palin rap when she was like eight months <laughs> pregnant was yeah. amazing. That was it was funny. so it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. And if you haven't seen that, everybody go see that no, online no, no. immediately. In fact, all the Sarah Palin stuff, anything yeah. Sarah Palin related during that whole that was that was fantastic. That was it brilliant, was brilliant. Yeah. That was Tina Fey doing something amazing. And actually, um, if you yeah. read her book Bossy Pants, um, she has a nice full chapter about the Sarah Palin experience and having to deal with that and why that episode, why she didn't actually really share any real screen time with Sarah Palin. And she explains why she didn't want to, and it's it's very very interesting. But it yeah. was it was nice. uh, such a good read. Oh my god! And I was laughing out loud in the airport reading that book. So everybody needs to read it. Yes, excellent. That's so all, for that's me, audible list. The <laughs> sketch I would love to see as a movie, and I think would work as a movie, is the Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch as the lovers. The lovers. The lovers. See, yeah, I was thinking about that too, and I don't know if I could stand that for that long. That was just Our they're lips just so awkward. Slippery with goat meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, wrapping various skins. In what, front if, of the if fire. We, what if it went back and forth with you got you got two other really well-known uh, actors that are hilarious to play younger versions of them and to go back and forth oh. to show all of their exploits back in the day and now how he's so much older and his back hurts his back constantly yeah. goes out when they're about to try that to bang. Actually, yeah, that would be pretty funny. I would I would, I would love to see that. They had But a, where should they go? Hmm. I think that I think that a movie more in the style of movie forty three and Kentucky Fried movie that's a set of sketches, but you just put a lot more production value into them, and oh, instead yeah. of like, doing do them the live, you'd, yeah, yeah, Actually, and do series of vignette movies and release them every couple years. I think people would love that if they could get the right stuff. So I noticed this with the opening credits for Superstar. They actually had a credits for a production company called SNL Studios. And I found it ironic that they started that with Superstar and they only had two movies after that. But I think they should do the reverse. I think they should do a movie based on an idea of a character and make a whole story around it and then have it segue into little sketches in SNL. Because that way you can take something long form and then get the little bits and pieces that you enjoy about that movie and then have it show up every now and then in a sketch. Oh, that's interesting. I like that idea. Yeah. So, so that way you can get like a quality story out of it, and then you can you know create some awesome hilarious moments that you can ha- just rehash over and over again. Well, and they've got the talent for it oh, there. Definitely, yeah. it's just it's. And ama- the but the difference is, it's taking the idea between short form versus long form. It's improv versus scripted. Yep. Yeah. And that's what makes it a little tough. Well, I mean, the sketches that would be on uh, SNL were scripted, but there was a lot of uh, improvisational moments that they created. Well, no, but all the all a lot of the writers and a lot of the actors all come from improv background, backgrounds, that's and true. that's and that's how they learn how to create such good characters. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of them are like Upright Citizens Brigade and Second mm. City alumni. Yep. And that's where they're coming that's from. That's true. And and, and, think- and they do do long form. He said, dude. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Long form um, improv shows, but a lot of them don't like that as much. Um, For those that are infatuated uh, with Amy Poehler, uh, she was also a guest on the podcast I mentioned before, by the way. uh, And she talks about her experience on SNL and Second City. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of hilarious stories and she says fuck it's really weird hearing <laughs> amy poehler say fuck because i've never because i've never heard her say it before oh okay 
But she has really? a lot of really great stories. I thought she said it in um, Blades of Glory a couple times. Yeah, I think so. But that was a PG-13 movie, so she would have only been able to get away with it once. Oh, okay. Maybe she didn't. Maybe I just picture her saying fuck a lot in my head when I'm imagining her getting rid of the restraining order, <laughs> letting me be her butler, and occasionally chew on her soiled panties. Wow. It's not... That's it's just, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it seems like a really simple and very non-invasive thing. I don't understand why she's so upset. Well, they're soiled, so you got to do something. Just, <laughs> Ew, I oh, just grossed myself out. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, but I'm really sad about her and, and Will Ferrell. I am. Or not Will Ferrell, uh, we're Will Arnett. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. broke me up when I that heard makes about me that. Sad. The, that's like one of the best comedy couples ever. Yeah. So I just imagine Will Arnett treating it exactly like the divorce that he had from her in Arrested Development. Oh, fuck. He's like, oh, yeah, right. I got married that time in a series of escalating dares. <laughs> I totally consummated my marriage. Which, who knows? That could be true. That's how they got married. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he, like, he didn't even remember her name. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Usarmi. <laughs> Usarmi. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. Oh, that's so good. Well. Mm. This was fun. This was fun. Yes, it was. I uh, had lots of fun, guys. I don't think I have any listener feedback or anything. Um, I don't have any either. Let me double check, though. I don't, but I do have a shout-out that I want to give to, surprise, your roommate, Sarah. Oh? Um, I, I saw both of them yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, I said hello. Kevin, what were you doing at my house? Stalking you, of course. Of Come course. on. You were supposed to be home. Work was supposed to end at that time. No, I'm totally kidding. Uh- <laughs> That's really creepy. I know, Moving right? on. See, uh, that's actually one thing that my friends keep telling about me is that I, I could be very convincing as a creeper because it's unassuming. Okay. So moving on. It's not that unassuming, Kevin. No. Okay. So can I say their names? Uh, yeah, Liz and Mintu. Okay. Yeah. I've mentioned them on the podcast oh, before. Oh, I know. I just wanted to make sure because mm-hmm. they're your roommates. Yeah. Liz and Mintu, thank you very much for letting me uh, come in and borrow Blues Brothers. Uh, From me. Well, and DVD. you as well. I was getting to it. You're here anyway. Um, it was great catching up with you. And here is your shout out. Booyah. Except I don't... Well, okay, Mintu listens pretty regularly. Yeah. Liz is catching up. Yeah. Last time I heard. So this is a surprise for her. Okay. Maybe this will help her feel better. <gasps> oh, maybe. Yay. I'd like to give a shout out to my buddy Ben Colia. I told him I'd mention his name tonight. Nice. And that I'd say something. He said say something really dirty, so... Toe-banging buttholes, buddy. <laughs> toe-banging buttholes. Which I I've lost she... many a toe ring in my career. <laughs> and that's been all due to that. I feel like chewing on soiled panties would have taken care of that. But yeah, all right. No, I, well, I said I'd say it in conjunction with his name, so okay. I want, didn't want him to be confused. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Is that why the panties were soiled? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's a totally separate fetish. Totally separate fetish. In fact, mixing them, in my mind, is, that's just complete perversion. Thank you. Not <laughs> that is complete like that. perversion. Something just fell off the wall behind us. Oh, it's, it's I noticed cardboard. that. It's the ghost. Okay. The ghost. Holy ghost. <laughs> um, I'd like to give a, a shout out to Ray Ray and Big Steve and them. Send some new porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Chappelle. I miss you. So if you guys are interested in following us on Twitter, if you're not already doing that, you can follow me at Sarah Ash 16. I am at the Sutorius. That is T H E S U T O R I U S. I am at Big Sean Mo. That's S E A N M 
O. And, and you can also reach me at my email, seanmo at nerdonomy.com. Yes, you Send can actually. pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. He loves it. Um, you can email all of us through our webpage if you go to nerdonomy.com. Um, there's a couple of big old buttons on the front there, one for just email the nerds, and then the other one being for donations if you guys are feeling so generous, but we won't push the issue. Because we the economy no, yes, is we on will. the upswing. You will send us money because currently our cars um, do not exist. <laughs> so we need to help getting to work. <laughs> and um, if you guys are interested in having a little bit of light reading, check out our blog. I spend a lot of time editing it, and these boys spend a lot of time writing very awesome content for it. So check Yay. it out. Thank you. Plug it. Um, and with that, we will see you next week. Same nerd time. Same, same nerd, nerd channel. channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. Peace. Have a wonderful evening. And roll credits. quotes you should not say during sex i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me